0: Good morning. Once again, we want to acknowledge to our Father and our God in heaven that we are grateful for all of his love, mercy, and blessings. Uh, The promises of God that we find contained in his word are a source of great comfort. Uh, In the world and the times in which we are living, uh, I believe that a word of comfort is needed And I am glad that Jesus has declared that we are sojourners on our way to a better place. I find it comforting that the Almighty God has promised that he will never leave us nor forsake us and that the power and providence of God enable us to live lives that are worry-free. The psalmist has declared in Psalm 119, verse 50, This is my comfort in my affliction, for thy word hath quickened me. Uh, And if ever uh, there was incentive to study the word of God and to know the word of God uh, and not need a scripture that says thou shalt pick up thy Bible every day, uh, it is the fact that the word of God uh, makes us alive and it is the word of God in which we find comfort. For all of God's blessings, we ought to be eternally grateful. We want to direct your attention this morning again to the text that was read into our hearing there in Luke chapter 24. Uh, And it is in particular verse number 32 that we want to read again. There in your Bibles, Luke 24, verse 32, and they said one to another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us by the way and while he opened to us the scriptures? Based on the words that Luke records there in chapter 24, uh, we want to use this morning as a subject, just a little talk with Jesus makes it right. Now, remember, for the month of August that we are working from the sub-theme, people Jesus knew. And as we consider the text before us here in Luke chapter 24, and as we examine some of the people that Jesus knew, observe that Jesus was a giver. We have seen from Mark chapter 14 that Mary was remembered by Jesus. From Luke chapter 22, we have seen that Peter was shaped by Jesus. And from the text here in Luke chapter 24, it may be said that Cleopas was comforted by Jesus. Uh, Now, the text recounts for us the fact that Jesus had a talk with Cleopas and an unnamed disciple. Now, I may switch between the two. I may say they, I may say just Cleopas. Uh, Cleopas' name is given, and for whatever reason, the name of the other disciple is not. But the tenor of Cleopas' words, and especially in verse number 21, uh, declare that he was puzzled and discouraged. He speaks as though what hope they had was now gone. Uh, If you notice there, uh, when Cleopas talks in in verse 21, he speaks in the past tense. He says, but we trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. Uh, The the, uh, Inferred in his words is that we had trusted, but we don't trust anymore. We thought it was going to work out this way, but it worked out uh, another way. He speaks as though the hope that they had was now gone, but Cleopas would learn that a little talk with Jesus makes it right. Now, I grew up at the Central Congregation of the Lord's Church in Baltimore, and we sang from what we call the Red Book, Uh, because some congregation sang from a book that was blue. And you know, this was in the days before uh, PowerPoint and all the technology that we have available to us now. And you just sang from a book because that's all that they had uh, at the time. And so in the red book, number 646 is just a little talk with Jesus. And while the song is about prayer, Cleopas literally had a little talk with Jesus. Now, the word little can be relative. Uh, I I mean, he talked with Jesus just for that time. Now, it sounds like they may have talked for some time during that time, but in the grand scheme of things, Cleopas had a little talk with Jesus. Now, try to view this account through the eyes and experience of those that were living in the moment rather than in retrospect. You know, it's easy to look back in retrospect when you know how it's going to turn out and say, you should have done this, that, uh, or the other. And in the conversation with Jesus, they, they relate to Jesus, the substance of his history, ending with his condemnation and crucifixion and their disappointment in this fact. They had trusted, And again, Cleopas said this in the past tense, they had trusted in Jesus as the redeemer of Israel, a trust that did not allow for his dying in the manner that he had. And although certain women of their company reported that Jesus was alive uh, as revealed to them by angels, there was still some uncertainty on their part as to what of all the, to some uncertainty on their part as to what all this meant. Now again, try to see this from their perspective as it happened in real time. The ability and even the willingness to try to see things from another's perspective is becoming a lost art. I believe that a major contributing factor to the division that we see in our society and Lord help us, sometimes even in the Lord's church, uh, is the fact that we dig in and entrench ourselves in an ideology and refuse to consider the merits of a pos- of any position that's not in concert with my own. Uh, you know, that's why the, the debate rages uh, concerning politics. Because you have some on the left and some on the right, and, and they can't sit down and have conversation where let me try to see things from your perspective. Uh, that's why with this whole COVID-19 thing, why are some saying one and some saying the other? Well, part of it is because it's hard to know for a fact what to think, because uh, this is uncharted territory, but you have folk that will sit down as though they are experts in the field of medicine and everything else, and they haven't been to medical school a day in their lives, but nonetheless, they are experts in the subject And if you do not agree with me, then you don't know what you're talking about, and I don't want to hear what you have to say. So Cleopas gives their point of view, and Jesus steps in and starts talking. And note how the mood and the tone change when Jesus starts talking. Now, he starts with a rebuke, and and, and rightly so. Uh, He he says to them in verse 25, O fools and slow of heart, to believe all that the prophets have spoken, ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? Now, I've learned I'm not going to argue with the Holy Spirit. If Jesus calls you a fool or says that you are being foolish, then that's what you were being. I did not argue with whether or not it's nice to call me a fool. If Jesus says I'm a fool, then I need to change my way of thinking. Now, it's easy from the point of retrospect, removed from the drama and tension to be an expert in what they should have done. You know, we can all look at Cleopas' words and say, Cleopas, this is what you should have believed. But that's retrospectively. What would we have done and said if we had been there in the moment with him? But now hear what Jesus is telling them. The reason for their bewilderment and discouragement is not so much what happened. Don't we always wanna blame circumstances? Don't we always wanna lay the blame on other people? Jesus is saying, it's not so much what's happened that's giving you a problem. The reason for their bewilderment and discouragement is that things have not happened according to their desire and expectation. And let me just share a fact of life with you nobody gets their way all the time. And it's often good for us that we do not. And when I say nobody gets their way all the time, even God doesn't get his way all the time. Didn't Peter say that the Lord is not willing that any should perish? Now, God doesn't want anybody to be lost, but but guess what? Most of humanity is. So even God doesn't get his way all the time. Now, if God doesn't get his way all the time, who am I to if I don't get my way all the time, especially when it's often good for me that I don't get my way? Now, in the ensuing discourse, Cleopas finds comfort in Jesus's words. However, I submit to you that Jesus had begun to comfort Cleopas before Cleopas realized that he was being comforted. Look with me back at verse number 15. And it came to pass that while they communed together and reason, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. I submit to you first this morning that Jesus went with Cleopas. And let me tell you, when Jesus travels with you, that ought to be comforting. But Jesus didn't just travel with them on their journey, he shared in their circumstance. And when I say that, notice he didn't jump right in and and be an expert on the situation. Jesus listened to them. You ever been going through something, and before you can tell the other person what you're going through, they done provided the remedy and how you got to where you are and and all of the above? You know, sometimes when you talk to a person like that, you know, kindness just prevents you from saying, you know what, I just wish you'd be quiet. But notice how Jesus approached this. Jesus asked them a question in verse 17. He says, what manner of communications are these that ye have one to another as ye walk and are sad? Now, I don't believe Jesus's question or any question that God asks is ever for the purpose of trying to find information. We never tell God anything that he doesn't already know. In fact, I submit to you that the reason Jesus asked is because he already knew what the issue was, kind of like God did Adam uh, back in the garden. You remember God asked Adam, where art thou? It wasn't a, I can't find you, Adam, where art thou? It's a, I know where you are, and I know why you are where you are, but you don't appreciate why you are where you are. So rather than just jump in and be an expert on the situation, where are you, Adam? why are you hiding this time? You've never hid from me before. Why do you feel the need to hide now? So Jesus asked them, what is it that you all are talking about? And observe that Jesus listened. Now, if Jesus could listen, knowing all that he knows, it would behoove us to be listeners also. And, And you know, what we're going through right now provides a golden opportunity to be listeners. And they tell me that there is what is called empathic listening. Now, empathic listening is not trying to understand how, you, how what you said makes sense, which is how we listen most of the time. You know, how does that make sense? And then let me prepare a rebuttal for what you said. That's not an empathic listening. Empathic listening is not an evaluation. It's an appreciation. Empathic listening is appreciating that what you said makes sense to you now, it may not make sense to me, I may not even agree with you, but I endeavor to relate to where you're coming from. See, because when I try to understand where you're coming from what it says to you is i'm not trying to debate i'm trying to reconcile, but in order for us to reconcile, I need to understand your thought process. And if I'm going to uh, understand your thought process, then I need to stop trying to evaluate everything you say and just appreciate that there are other thought processes other than just mine. You know, an old saying says that God gave us two ears and one tongue. And from this, someone has discerned that maybe we ought to listen twice as much as we talk. And I would only amend that by saying we ought to listen at least twice as much as we talk. Proverbs 18, verse 13 says, he that answereth the matter, before he heareth it, it is a folly and shame unto him. Now, how can you know what I'm thinking before I tell you what I'm thinking? Now, if you God or Jesus of Nazareth, then you could do that. But otherwise, you don't know what I'm thinking until I tell you, and you still may not know what I'm thinking even after I tell you. Now, you may guess right from time to time, but that's what it is. It's a guess, and our guesses are not always accurate. But allowing a person to talk and listening to what they say is part of the healing or reconciliation process. Notice what Jesus did. Now, Jesus had the answers but rather than just going and be an expert, what is it you all are talking about? Tell me how you see things. See, I already know, but tell me how you see things. See, I'm trying to help you and in helping you, part of what I need to do is listen. But then not only did Jesus listen, but notice what it says in verse 16, but their eyes were holding that they should not know him. Now what Luke is telling us there, is that Jesus restrained what Cleopas could see. Well, now, why in the world would you do such a thing? Jesus restrained what they were able to see so that he could help what they didn't understand. That's, man, if, if, if you don't see the parallel between Cleopas and Jesus and where we are in, in our world right now, you know, none of us knows how this thing is going to play out. Now God could tell us, but maybe he's restraining what we can see to help what we don't understand. And did you know there's more to understanding something than just being able to repeat uh, the facts of the matter? Cleopas could repeat the facts. He had repeated them to Jesus, but he didn't understand what he was saying. You know, we can repeat the facts. We, we, We can tell you a whole lot of things about COVID, but do we understand what this is really all about? Maybe it's about something bigger than the virus. Maybe it's about something bigger than the fact that we have different ideologies. Maybe this is God saying to the church, you know what? I'm going to give you all a chance to practice uh, 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 Romans chapter 14, 1 Corinthians 8. Now, if you don't know what either of those said, write it down and go home and read it. Maybe this is about something other than the virus itself. Jesus purposely restrained their vision that they might see his resurrection in scripture before they saw it in reality. Now again, why would he do such a thing? See, we subscribe to the theory that seeing is believing. But do you remember what the unbelieving Jews said, Matthew chapter 27? They said effectively, if you come down off the cross if we see you come down off the cross, then we'll believe that you are the Messiah. No, you won't. If Jesus had come down off the cross, somebody would have said, you know what? The nails weren't hammered in properly. They would have found some reason other than the fact that he came down by his own power to disregard the fact that he was the Messiah. Seeing is not necessarily believing. Jesus handled this the way that he did because he was concerned about their spiritual well being as well as their knowledge. Now, watch this. By bringing them to understand and rely upon the scriptures when he was not known to be present, they would be led to appeal to and rely upon the scriptures after he was gone. Now, what did I just say? See, Jesus understood you're not going to be able to walk all around uh, uh, the East with me. And show me to people. You're just not going to be able to do that. Everybody's not going to see me. You can't physically show me to everybody. But even after I ascend back to the Father, you could attest to, to his death and resurrection by the scriptures at any time. So let me help you see this in scripture so that even when I'm not around, you can still show people the proof of what happened. That's why Jesus showed up and, and, and stopped them from recognizing who he was. It's not that I don't want y'all to know who I am. I just need to help what you don't understand. See, cause even if you see me, you still gotta deal with the scriptures. You are gonna still, be able, uh, still need to be able to explain this on a scriptural basis. Now, if you just run around saying we saw Jesus, well, you don't even believe the women of your company who told you that. But if you can document this through scripture, this is what the prophet said. This is what Moses said. See, it's written right here in our law. This is why Jesus handled it the way that he handled it. And and I wonder if we've ever considered that maybe through this pandemic, God is trying to teach something to the world and to the church. Maybe the real issue is not whether or not wearing a mask is necessary. Maybe that's not the real issue. Maybe the real issue is do we practice what we preach when challenged by opportunity? Do we give greater concern to the well being of our brothers and sisters than we do to being right in our own ideology? And just so you know, there is a difference between doctrine and ideology. Doctrine is in the Word of God. Ideology is in us. Now your ideology is just as valid as mine. Now we can be experts in COVID, but you are no more a doctor than I am. Now, some of us are doctors. Now, if you a doctor, I'm not talking to you. (laughs) But even if you are a doctor, guess what they say about doctors? Doctors practice medicine. You know why they say doctors practice medicine? because even doctors don't know everything about sickness and disease. Because if they did, shame on you for letting folk continue to die. And you know everything about it. So whatever category you fall into, none of us has all the answers. But maybe this ain't even about the virus. Maybe this ain't even about masks. How do you act? How do you treat one another when you disagree? If everybody don't agree with me, do I just decide I'm going to fold up my tent and take my show elsewhere? Or, 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 or maybe it looks like things are going with my side. Do I walk around like I'm superior to everybody else? Maybe Jesus is saying, you know what? This is a golden opportunity for you all to really understand what love is. How do we treat each other? when challenged by opportunity. And then third this morning, verse number 32, and they said one to another, did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us by the way, while he opened to us the scriptures? Jesus opened the scriptures to Cleopas. You know, when we have an issues, you know what really helps me? The scriptures. That if, if anything is going to help me, the scriptures are. Because the scriptures are the word of God. The fact that you've been through it, so you've been through it, you not me. That, that you've been through it isn't saying you're going through the exact same thing at the exact same point in life in the exact same way that I am. You ever been to a funeral? there somebody is, they've lost a loved one. And somebody says, I know what you're going through. I lost my relative too. No, you know what you're going through. And you may have some idea what I'm going through, but how is your relationship with your relative the exact same as my relationship with my relative? It's not. You have some idea, but you know what's really gonna comfort me? Maybe reading John chapter 14 where Jesus says in my father's house are many mansions. Yeah. So you've been through what I've been, what I'm going through it now. What I find comforting is that in the father's house, there are many mansions that God has something better prepared for us on the other side of life than we have right here to say that Jesus opened the scriptures to them is to say that he helped them to understand. Now, you hear me quote Romans ten seventeen every Sunday, so faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. See, the word of God uh, settles all disputes and answers every question, and if it doesn't answer a question, then it's something that we don't need to know. How do you know that? Because 2 Peter 1.3 says, according as his divine power hath given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. Where do we learn about Jesus? In the scriptures. So guess what? If the scriptures don't address it in the mind of God, it wasn't necessary for us as it pertained to anything that really matters in life. You know, the Bible doesn't address everything. But it does address the necessary things. See, some things aren't necessary. Why do you want to know that? You know, who was Cleopas walking with? Well, even if you knew, how gonna help you get to heaven? He was walking with somebody. That's all you need to know. And you don't even need to know that. I'm just giving you that as extra. What you need to pay attention to is what Jesus told them. What men say is just that what men say. Recall that Jesus asked, whom do men say that I, the son of man, am? And there was no shortage of answers from men. Some say you Elijah, some say you Jeremiah, some say you John the Baptist, some just say you one of the prophets. And guess what? All of those answers were wrong. That's why Jesus asked, but who do you say that I am. And you remember Peter's answer, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And what did Jesus say? Flesh and blood has not revealed. You didn't get that from men, Peter, because what men say is just that, what men say. You listen to God in heaven. That's what we ought to do through this whole thing. What men say is what men say. You can find one PhD that will say you ought to wear a mask, you'll find another that says wearing a mask is hazardous to your health. But guess what? It might be some truth in both of them. It might be that there's some hazard no matter which way you go. Yeah, it's just like eating. Well, you gotta eat, but guess what happens if you eat? You're killing yourself. Well, you can't stop eating because you're killing yourself. So you're gonna die either way. So guess what? The ideology isn't even the bottom line. You have yours and I have mine. But what did God say? Well, God said we ought to love one another. And let me tell you, when you love people, you can disagree over things. You know, Does your family stop being your family just because you disagree? Because if, if that's the case, you don't have any family. You are orphaned and all alone in this world. I mean, we, over, we disagree over trivial things. There's something trivial. Who's gonna win the Super Bowl this season? See, I've heard two wrong answers. <laughs> but at the end of the day, who, I mean, that's just trivial. No matter who wins it, that had no bearing on our salvation. Well, take something important, is Jesus Lord? Well, we don't have to rely on what men say. We can go to the word of God for that. The question is not, did God tell us? The question is, are we gonna do what God said? Does God tell us what to do? Yeah. Has he told us everything about this situation? No. So then what do we do? We just do what God said. Yeah, look, we love one another. You're entitled to your ideology just like I'm entitled to mine. And guess what? You might be right. It won't be the first time I've been wrong about something. It won't be the last time I've been wrong about something. But you've been wrong about stuff too. And if being right all the time was a prerequisite to get to heaven, guess what? None of us would make it. The word of God. You remember... Cross myself up. I got two scriptures on my paper that I don't have on the slide. Proverbs 30, verse number five. Every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. And I know you know 2 Timothy 3.16. All scriptures given by inspiration of God is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. The word of God is the bottom line. It's our foundation and this I will go to. How's this pandemic gonna play out? I don't know. I don't even know what's coming next. I would envision that something else is coming next. It always has. You know, if you rewind time, I remember there was a time when people were talking about Ebola. There was a time when people were talking about West Nile virus. There was a time when people were talking about smallpox. It's always been something. I don't know that there's anything we could do to stop every disease or virus, but maybe that's not the bottom line. Maybe the bottom line is how we treat each other when we challenge by opportunity. Jesus comforted Cleopas. Here, Cleopas is talking in the past tense, we had trusted. You know, Jesus didn't just beat him and run them over with the bus and back up and run over them again. (laughs) Jesus took the time to explain the scriptures to him after listening to him talk. And when Jesus opened the scriptures to them, I wasn't there, but you know what? I put my hand on the chopping block. It wasn't one of those, see, I know what I'm talking about attitudes. That's why you ought to listen to me. I can imagine there's one of those where the scriptures just spoke through Jesus. And like Cleopas said, didn't our hearts burn within us as he opened to us the scriptures? You know, the word of God still tells us what we need to do today to be right with God. An old preacher once said, men don't argue over what the Bible says. Men argue over what men have to say about what the Bible says. The Bible is clear in what it teaches. You know, if Jesus says, repent and be baptized, and then man turns around and says, well, you don't have to be baptized. See, the question is, am I going to listen to Jesus or am I going to listen to the individual? Well, let's hear what scripture says, but I get to make my own decision about what the scriptures say. Now I have to answer to God for whatever choice I make. But what do the scriptures say? Well, the scriptures say, number one, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We need to hear the gospel message. How can you believe what you've never heard? Jesus requires that we believe that he is the Christ, the son of God, John 8, verse 24. And I say again, you know what Jesus doesn't do? Jesus doesn't argue with us. He doesn't tell us why you have to believe. He just says, if you want to be saved, you have to believe that I am the one. I am the son of God. Now, if we won't confess Jesus now, the Bible tells us that there's going to come a time when God is going to make every knee bow to him and confess Jesus as Lord. We must be willing to repent of sin. Acts 17, 30, 31 says, the time of this ignorance, God winked. But now he commands that all men everywhere repent, for he has appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man which he has ordained, whereas he has given assurance to all in that he has raised him from the dead. See, the facts are already declared by God. Jesus is the Christ. He has died for the sins of the world. And you must listen to Jesus if you desire salvation. We must make the confession that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, Matthew 10, 32. Then we must be baptized in water for the remission of sins, Acts 2:38), if for no other reason and for primarily because God said so. Remember Acts chapter 2, there was a, a, a Peter and the other apostles preached the gospel message. And they wanted to know how to reconcile to God. And Peter answered, verse 38, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Christ Jesus for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And that's what what Peter said at the direction of the Holy Spirit. Now, do we listen to the Holy Spirit or do we listen to man? When we go down into the waters of baptism in response to the gospel message, God washes away our sins by the blood of Christ Jesus. And dwells us with his spirit and he adds us to the church and thereafter requires that we live obediently. Ephesians 4 1 says that we ought to walk worthy of the vocation with which we have been called. Living obediently means when we're challenged by opportunity we do what God tells us. Yeah I don't I don't get in the trench with my ideology and defy anybody to disagree with me, I listened to what the Lord had to say and appreciate, you know what, there isn't too much that we do all agree about. Sometimes, even in the Lord's church, we don't agree on what Jesus has said. Now, you don't think that's right? Talk to somebody and let them tell you, you can't just roll up in in a building because it has Church of Christ on the sign. You better call ahead and find out what they believe before you get there. You walk inside and get your feelings hurt. You're walking in, a sister be preaching the sermon. And I'm not saying sisters don't know the word of God. I'm just saying God decided that that should be left to the man. And we ought not apologize for what the Bible says is right. Somebody said that's chauvinistic and you're a misogynist. I'm not either. I'm just trying to do what God said. Now you won't call God names, let me move from beside you. We are to live obediently when we come up out of the waters of baptism. Maybe you're listening via one of the social media outlets. that be the case then we bid you reach out to our elders at elders at laurelchurch.net. Or maybe you're here in the audience and you wanna be baptized into Christ Jesus. If that be the case, then we bid you to come as we stand and as we sing the song of invitation.